Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to Redeemer Fellowship. My name is Jonathan, and I'm one of the pastors here. Can I pray really quick? Father in heaven, Lord, oh, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for um, just this time of year, Lord, that we can remember that you came to earth to save us, Lord God. We thank you so much for that, Lord. We thank you for your son, Jesus, Lord. Lord, even in this time of just craziness, Lord God, you, you stay constant. You stay faithful, Lord, and thank, we thank you for that, Lord. Lord, we love you with all of our hearts, Lord. I pray that you would speak to us this evening, Lord God. Convict us of sin. Make us more and more like your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. The darker the night, the brighter the stars. The deeper the grief, the closer to God. These words were written by the Russian novelist Fyodor Dostoevsky. I've never read Crime and Punishment. I probably never will. It's extremely long. Every single one of his novels are extremely long. I'd like to say I will read them, but I probably won't. But that quote's so profound. It speaks directly to this moment that we're all living through. It's Christmas Eve. We're gathered here to remember and celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, King Jesus. King Jesus. It had been around 400 years since God had spoken to his people. But on this holy night, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 400 years of silence broken by the cries of this precious newborn. 400 years of waiting and anticipation finally realized in the arrival of the Messiah. 400 years of darkness dispelled by the light of Christ, the light of the world. This is what we celebrate on Christmas. That the world was filled with darkness and the light of the world enter into creation to bring light and redemption to all who trust him. So the people of Jesus' day... They were living under the shadow of darkness, operating under the thumb of foreign powers. The world was not as it should be, and the people of God were looking for answers. That feels eerily similar to what we're all going through right now. We're all looking for answers. We're all trying to understand what's happening around us right now. Aren't we also wondering when and how God will intervene? And the beauty about the first Christmas is that it changed everything because no longer was creation waiting. The light had come and the world would never be the same. I'm not going to take up too much of your time tonight. What I want to do is to provide a word of hope and encouragement during a very difficult season. If you have your Bibles, open with me to John chapter 8, and we're going to be looking at one verse, verse 12. So John chapter 8, verse 12, and let me just read it aloud. It says this, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
So Jesus was in a conversation with some of the religious leaders when he spoke this word. And this particular statement is the second of what has come to be known as the seven I am statements of the Gospel of John. So the first thing I want to say, Jesus, in identifying himself this way, he is identifying himself with the God who spoke back in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. The great I am. The great I am. The one who, who told Moses to go to Pharaoh and say, I am who I am sent me. In other words, Jesus is identifying himself as Yahweh, the God who rescued his people from the clutches of Pharaoh when they were enslaved in Egypt. Did you hear that? Yahweh rescued his people from slavery. The second thing I want to bring up about the fact that he makes this statement is that he is speaking to the Pharisees. And so this is a very intentional statement because they would have been very aware of what Jesus was referring to, or rather who Jesus was referring to, which is precisely why in the next verse, verse 13, they actually call him a liar for what he said. Because he was telling them, I'm God. I'm God. I'm the guy who spoke creation into existence. I'm the guy who brought our people out of Egypt when they were under a yoke of slavery. I am God is what Jesus was uttering to the Pharisees at that moment. But there's more. Because not only was he identifying himself as the God who saves, he is also the God of creation, the light that shines into the darkness. Notice what he says. I am the light of the world. If you remember back to the creation story, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And the first thing God says is, let there be light. And so we see Jesus is identifying himself as the God who saves and the God of creation. So the question I want us to wrestle with for the next couple of minutes is what is it about this life that we're all involved in that requires light? Why do we need light? Right? Let's just look around, right? Even Jesus points this out that those who follow him will no longer walk in darkness, but they will have light, the light of life. And so what's the point? Well, the world around us, our own experiences, and the truth of the scriptures are all saying the same thing. This world is filled with darkness, and the only way to possess the light is to follow Jesus. This world is filled with darkness, and the only way to possess light is to follow Jesus. And so there are two groups of people who need to hear this tonight. Group one, those of us who have bent our knee to King Jesus, who have entrusted ourselves to him, who understand and believe that the cross and the resurrection are the only means by which our sins could be forgiven, that we could have a relationship with God. We need to hear this truth. We need this. 
The gospel is for all of us, even those of us who believe. We need to constantly remind ourselves that Jesus is Lord, that he lived and that he died, and that three days later he rose again, and that he ascended and is seated at the right hand of the Father, ruling over all of creation. We have to hear this truth. Why do we need this precious gospel even after we have come to faith? Because this world is in disarray and we need to know that that does not have the final word, that King Jesus has the final word. We need to hear that. We need to remember that. We need to wrestle with that. There is darkness surrounding us and there is darkness still within us and we need to entrust ourselves to the light of the world and allow that light to dispel the darkness that is within us and we need to look to that light knowing that one day the darkness of this light will be completely snuffed out by Jesus. That's the true story of the world. That is why we gather on Sundays. That is why we come together on on Christmas to remember this truth, to remind one another of this truth because we need to hear this because we're all going through it right now. We're all experiencing very different Christmases this year. And we need to hear the beauty and glory and wonder of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need that so desperately. These are not things for, 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 the, for the small or the, or the people who don't know Jesus yet, but they are for all of us. We can't forget this basic truth that Jesus is king, that he died on a cross, and that he rose again. So us, as followers of Jesus, we need this. We need this daily. We need to remind one another of these things. But, but there's a second group, those of you who are here who maybe have never put their trust and faith in the person and work of Jesus. You see the darkness around you, and some of you might even see the darkness that is within you, but you have yet to trust the one who could remove it, who could provide hope in a seemingly hopeless world. There are people among us who don't know Jesus. And the reality is, is that the only way to make sense of what is happening in this life is to look to the king of creation, to look to the one who defeated death and defeated sin, who snuffed it out and crushed it to pieces. We need Jesus. That's the moral of the story. We need Jesus, period. Everything else will work itself out in some way, shape, or form, but we need Jesus. We need a king. Lord knows we need a king. We need this man, this God-man, Jesus, the word who was made flesh and dwelt among us. We cannot live without him. In fact, the truth of the matter is, is we will not live without him. We cannot live. It's impossible to live without Jesus. Sure, we may take some breaths over the course of however many years we live upon this earth, but when we enter into eternity, if we don't have Christ We do not live. We do not live. The verse continues. It says, Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So to entrust ourselves to Jesus is to follow him. Meaning that those of us who have bent our knee to King Jesus not only have our sins forgiven, but we are called to go and sin no more. We're called to a life of faithfulness. Called to a life of faithfulness. We're called to a life where we are putting to death the deeds of the flesh. And the only way, the only way we can do that is through Jesus and the power of the Spirit that he gives to us. Again, we need Jesus. And the one who identifies as a follower of Jesus, what we possess is God himself. We get God. We get God. That's unbelievable, Redeemer. That is unbelievable that we possess God. That through the the work of the Holy Spirit that indwells us, we get to walk with him daily. It says, it says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Who's the light of life? None other than King Jesus himself. We get him. We get him. We possess him. And not only do we possess him, but we get everything he got. And so what did he get? He got resurrection, right? He died And then he rose again. Guess what? For those of us who put our faith and trust in King Jesus, we will die one day. But he promises us he will raise us to new life. He will raise us to new life and we will be with him for all eternity. This is glorious. This is the best news. This is why we're here tonight. This is what we celebrate. This is what we put our hope and trust in. And so what is the point? The one who puts their faith and trust in the person and work of Jesus gets God. And in getting God, we are forgiven of our sins. We are made holy and righteous. And we are enlisted in a mission to go out and make disciples to show the world what God is like. This is what this whole thing is all about. So tonight, Redeemer Fellowship, we remember the first coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Tonight, we are confronted with the truth of the gospel, that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, that he lived a life of perfect faithfulness, that he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, and three days later, he rose again from the grave, crushing sin and death to pieces, and he now reigns as the king of all creation. As the king of all creation. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe that we can actually be forgiven and spend eternity with Jesus? This is the glory of the gospel. This is the the wonder of the good news of Jesus. That regardless of what this world throws at us, we will be with him for all eternity. That's good news. And in the words of Linus from a Charlie Brown Christmas, that's what Christmas is all about. That's what Christmas is all about. And so I want to encourage and challenge you. 
Before you leave here tonight, if you've never submitted your life to King Jesus, please do not live another minute without doing so. The great I am that rescued Israel from Egypt, he is here tonight in our midst, and he wants to rescue you from the clutches of sin and death. That's what Christmas is all about. And so if you are feeling any sort of inclination, that's the Spirit of God working in you. Do not ignore that. Do not ignore that. Speak to one of us before you leave. Speak to whomever invited you here tonight. Let Christmas 2020, one of the darkest Christmases of my entire life, be a Christmas marked by the light, the light of the world. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that King Jesus is, in fact, who he says he is. It's a hard season. And I don't want to pretend that it's not. And while we have Christmas lights and and candles and and this room looks incredible and we're listening to to Christmas music on the radio and and, and Tara and Pete and, and the children were singing Christmas carols. We were singing with them and these are all wonderful things but we can't pretend that the world is not beating the snot out of us right now. But there's good news. There's good news. Jesus is king. Jesus is King, Redeemer Fellowship. Please remember this. Remember this. Don't allow this world to to beat us so much that we forget that Jesus is actually the one seated on the throne. He is the King. He is the King. And in that, in that manger, in, that, in that, that feeding trough or whatever it looked like, right? We don't really know exactly what it all looked like. We can, we can make some assumptions and we can do some, you know, archaeological sort of research, but we don't really know what it was like in that manger. But what we do know is that on that day, heaven and earth came together. Heaven and earth came together. And what happens when those of us who are dead in our sins and our trespasses, when we bend our knee to King Jesus, when we ask him to forgive us of our sins, guess what? Heaven and earth come together because we are filled with the Spirit of God. We are given new life, and we will walk with him for all eternity. That is the gospel. That is good news. That is why we rejoice. That is why we are here tonight. Redeemer Fellowship Christmas is about the King. It's about Jesus. And so I want to call Tara up to start playing Silent Night because we are about to light the Christ candle in just one moment. And so we've lit these four candles over the past four weeks to commemorate Advent, to commemorate this season. So if you do have your candles, the ushers are going to come around and start lighting. But that center candle... That center candle is reserved for Christ. It has traditionally been called the Christ candle. And the reason why we light the Christ candle on Christmas is because the light of the world has stepped into the darkness. And those of us who walk with him will have light. So I'm going to light this candle. I'm going to pray for us. And we're going to sing Silent Night together. Let me pray for us. Oh, Father in heaven, Lord, 
Thank you for this night. Thank you for this time that we can spend with one another, that we can worship you, Lord God, that we can sing these songs, Lord God, that recall the the wonder of your son stepping into creation. Lord, we love you with all of our hearts. Be with us tonight. In Jesus' name.